Hey, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. We'll be right back with today's guest, but first, we want to give a shout out to our podcast partners, Florida Coaches Coalition, We Coach, the Global Community of Women in High School Sports, and Vital Signs Wall of Fame. These are four great organizations. You really need to add them to your network. And now, don't hit that fast forward button. Stay with us for about uh, four minutes. Listen to our sponsorship shout outs. Uh, these are all products that I've used. Uh, you should use them too. Here we go. We want to say thanks to our new sponsor, Home Campus, which is the exclusive high school and state association information management platform for the podcast. Home Campus is your one-stop platform for scheduling, for student-athlete eligibility, for clearance, uh, and for state association connecting, and a whole lot more. As an AD here in Florida, I used Home Campus, uh, and our parents and our coaches just loved it. The Home Campus team is also outstanding to work with, and they will do the same great job for you. Go to home campuscom to get signed up. That's home campuscom Dot com. We also want to say thanks to Gipper. Go to Gipper.com, see how ADs are creating world-class marketing content. Kids are on social media today, and if your social media uh, channels are not up to date, you're really missing out. Go to Gipper.com, mention you heard it on the podcast, and you'll get 10% off. That's Gipper.com. We also want to thank Huddle. Go to Huddle.com and change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used huddle for years, but when I became an athletic director, I made sure our school was a huddle school. And our coaches just loved the tools um, that huddle sent that allowed them to coach their kids at the highest level. Huddle's a complete solution. It's a professional grade company. At Huddle, we believe in sports and teams believe in huddle. Join the 6 million users. Turn your school into a huddle school. We also want to thank Snap Mobile. Go to snapraise.com. Check out their entire suite of platforms, including Snap Raise, their fundraising platform. We used it at our school with tremendous success, and they've helped schools just like yours raise over $700 million. They even have a program where you can get your funding before you actually start your fundraiser. Nobody else offers that. Go to snapraise.com for more information. We also want to thank Sideline Interactive indoor score tables and video boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com, schedule a live web demo, and see their tables and their boards in action. It's probably one of the best purchases I ever made as an AD. That's sidelineinteractive.com. Their products not only generate income for your department, but they also create the ultimate game day experience for your student-athletes. Sidelineinteractive.com. We want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. Go to hometown, go to hometownticketing.com. They're going to show you how to set up and sell tickets, not just for sports events, but all your events like school plays, concerts, even graduation. And the best part, you're going to have a dedicated client success manager providing hands-on support every step of the way. That's hometownticketing.com. Simple and easy online ticketing. We also want to thank District 1. I want you to go to district1.com. That's district with W-O-N on the back end. District 1 is going to provide you with fully custom 
premium uniforms with on-time delivery in less than 20 business days. And you can also order one at a time pieces. So you'll never need to order a full set just because you have to replace one or two. Stop dealing with late deliveries and go to district1.com. That's W-O-N on the back end. Hit the uh, team gear button and get your free quote, district1.com. We also want to say thanks to Wall of Fame by Vital Signs. You know, they're on a mission to bring your school's legacy to life. If you're looking for a really cool way to display your school record boards or your school's Hall of Fame, or simply tell more compelling stories to your stakeholders, go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Check out their great products. And when you're ready to order, use the link vitalsignswalloffame.com slash Jake, and you'll get, get a nice discount. That's Vital Signs Wall of Fame. Check them out today. And we want to say thanks to Athletic Surveys by Lifetrack. Athletic surveys are a quick, easy, and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire program. Athletic directors typically only hear back from the complainers, the 2% that want to gripe. And we need to hear back from them. But you also need to hear back from the 98% <clears throat> that really love and support your program. And that's where Athletic Surveys comes in. They're going to create a custom survey that allows you to take the pulse of your parents and your student-athletes. So go to athleticsurveys.com. Check them out today. That's athleticsurveys.com. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to another episode of the Educational AD Podcast. Regular listeners know that uh, sometimes uh, we go do a back-to-school, a back-to-college episode, and we're doing that today. We're going to be visiting with Mike Matulia. He's the athletic director at Lake Sumter State College uh, right here in my neck of the woods, Leesburg, Florida. Um you know, Mike's been there. Uh, we're going to hear about his story, but uh, it, it's a pretty cool story um, about how he really, you know, developed the program at Lake Sumter. Uh, let's go and meet him. Mike, uh, welcome to the Educational AD Podcast. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. <clears throat> oh, you and I were introduced by a mutual friend who's also in athletics. And uh, uh, we always like to let our listeners have a chance to get to know our guests. So, Give us that bio, where you were born, where you grew up, you know, maybe take us up through your own uh, high school and college years, and then we'll take a break and uh, hear more about your early career. But what's the Mike Matulia origin story? Well, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a Cali boy. I was born in California. <laughs> My father uh, and mom, when they got married, they went, they went out to California. <clears throat> My dad actually played football at Reedley College. Um, and then realized that uh, football was not going to be his forte, so they they drove all the way back. So I was born out there in Fresno, California. Believe it or not, my sons always give me a hard time because I can't surf a lick, but they both can. So I said, "Well, it's in the blood; it's in the genes." Uh, so that's where I got my start. And then uh, we kind of moved around. My father was in law enforcement. Um, he worked uh, in law enforcement, and then he became kind of what you would call a, a consultant uh, for the International Association Chiefs of Police. So we moved around a little bit, but high school years, um, the majority of the majority of those years, I was in um, right outside of Washington, D.C., Frederick, Maryland, 
uh, attended uh, Seneca Valley High School, which is uh, historically been known for a football powerhouse in the state of Maryland. Uh, and I played football and uh, also baseball, wrestled a little bit. So that's kind of where I got my start. And then my father, like I said, his his job took him to North Carolina. So uh, I don't ever recommend this, but between my junior and senior year, um, we moved to North Carolina, which was a, a very traumatic experience uh, for me, not for my brother and sisters, but, you know, your senior year, you're kind of, you're hoping to graduate from the place that you spent your career or your, you know, the first four years of your high school career and everything. But anyway, it worked out all, all, all went well. Uh, I graduated from Hickory high school, which is uh, right outside of Charlotte. They had a good baseball program. Um, very competitive in, in, the, in that area. Um, Western North Carolina had some good baseball from there. Uh, I met, someone that had played at Hickory High School that uh, we played some summer ball together and he attended the Citadel and I um, was being recruited by them. I was all being recruited by Appalachian State, some of the other schools in the Southern Conference. But anyhow, um, I never went on a visit to the Citadel, uh, believe it or not. I signed with them and sight unseen. I just heard the assistant coach said, oh, you know, you got to wear a uniform. That's kind of like the military academy. The difference is you, you can, you have a choice whether to go into the military or not. So anyway, I went to the Citadel and when I arrived, uh, it was a shock back in the eighties, um, early, well, 79, 80 was my first year. Uh, it was a shock to me, but um, I, I pretty much grew up in a disciplined atmosphere uh, one of my, uh, I would say, mentors in high school, um, Dave Carruthers, was a football coach. He was a defensive coach. And so I learned a lot of things from him. But anyway, throughout my life, you know, having a father in law enforcement, you know, it was, I, I lived a pretty disciplined life. So uh, we had some uh, good experiences and I learned a lot, you know, during those days. And then when I attended the Citadel, uh, my first, I would say my first coaching mentor besides Dave Carruthers uh, with, was Chow Port. He's a legend. Uh, Chow, he, he passed away several years ago. Uh, he's the only coach in the Citadel history to ever take uh, his baseball program to the College World Series 1990. Um, so that's where I started my baseball career and my career in uh, education. Uh, you know, back in those days, we didn't have uh, sports management and all those fun fields that they have now. It was just strictly health and physical education right. back then. Mm -hmm. So that's where I, I got my start. And uh, the Citadel has been historically a very good school uh, in the health and wellness sports management field. A lot of their, a lot of the graduates, uh, you know, get jobs right away because they're, you know, Obviously, they have discipline, so a lot of high schools are looking for. And I thought I was going to be a high school coach. I really did. Um, I thought that that was going to be what I wanted to do. Uh, I enjoyed my high school coaches and being around them. And I you know, always kind of watched what they did, and I thought that was going to be it. But when I got to the Citadel, uh, Chow Port kind of took me under his wing. And after my senior year, I, 
you know, everybody that plays baseball has a dream of playing professional baseball. Back in those days, they had two drafts and, you know, I was bypassed by both of them. So I figured that my playing days were going to be limited. So I better start thinking a little more seriously about my career. So he offered me a graduate assistantship position. And that's actually how I got my start. Believe it or not, I got married my senior year, right when we graduated in May. And I think my wife and I went on a like three-day beach weekend, Ocean City, and um, drove down in a, with a U-Haul to Charleston, South Carolina. And I started baseball camps right away. <laughs> so right in June, I mean, I am – I hadn't have not even had any coaching experience at all, but I'm already working baseball camps and uh, working with kids and everything. Uh, from there, you know, back then uh, the graduate assistant at the Citadel was about was the only assistant coach they had, so I was basically the only guy, and uh, we had a student assistant um, in addition to myself. But I was the early morning workout coach um you know work with the guys on the field and coach port gave me a lot of responsibilities i was in charge of the grounds crew which was uh myself and two other guys that that worked uh at the citadel on the landscaping crew whatever you want to call it, grounds crew so that's you know i did all those things i got my uh i basically got thrown in the pool without knowing how to swim and it was quite an experience, and I learned a great deal from him. I owe him uh, everything, and um, he gave me my start and basically gave me the reins, uh, coaching third base and running the offense. And, you know, being a catcher, I had a lot of experience with the pitcher, so, but he was the pitching guy, and I learned a great deal from him with that. What? I, I just, uh, our regular listeners hear me say this all the time, but I just love hearing the stories and, you know, the different steps that go into a career. We're going to go and take our first break, but we're going to come back and touch on some of the things that you shared for our listeners. Uh, we're visiting today with Mike Matulia. He is the athletic director at Lake Sumter State College. That's in Leesburg, Florida. Uh, please stay with us. We'll be right back. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Home Campus for their support of the podcast. Home Campus is the exclusive high school and state association information management platform for the Educational AD Podcast. Home Campus is your one-stop platform for scheduling, for student-athlete eligibility and clearance, uh, for state association connections, and more. As a athletic director here in Florida, I used Home Campus every day, and I loved it. Our parents and coaches loved it. And the home campus team was just outstanding to work with. And they'll do the same for you. To find out more, go to home-campus.com and get signed up. That's home-campus.com. Check it out. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. We're visiting today with Mike Matulia, a longtime athletic director at Lake Sumter State College right here in Florida. Uh Mike, you and I are of a similar age, and you mentioned in the last segment uh, your undergrad uh, major, that old health PE major that we just don't see anymore. Um, can you think of uh, a course or two 
from that time at the Citadel that really had an impact that uh, later on as a career athletic administrator, you used principles from that particular course. Anything come to mind? Yeah, well, two specifically. I, I was going to, my, my, I was thinking about go, you know, back then cardiac rehab was the big go, you know, back in the 80s, that was the big thing. So I actually had an internship and I worked with the Medical University of South Carolina and, and a professor at the Citadel. And we actually, I, so I got into cardiac rehab. So exercise physiology was one of those courses. The other one that I remember vividly was adapted physical education. And then, of course, later on in my master's, we had uh, actual experiences that we had to teach and work with students that had handicaps, uh, both physical and mental. And I thought that those two courses, I think right now, if I look back on it, those two courses were the most meaningful because exercise physiology, of course, I had to take that in the master's at the master's level as well. After I graduated my undergraduate, I started my master's degree right away. And so same thing with the adapted PE, you had to take, you know, postgraduate work in those areas uh, to become, you know, a little more of an expert. So those are the two courses that I see that really had an impact on me that even today, uh, um, you know, I, I, I work at really make keeping up to date with the, the nuances of, of what we're doing right now in, uh, in the school system and in, at the college level. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Those uh, pedagogical courses that we took, uh, I, I just think they're so important for an athletic director to be able to uh, use those types of principles to help their coaches, to coach the coaches, which is is what we do. Let's go and jump back to your career. You know, you mentioned uh, you had the opportunity to be a GAA right out of college. Uh, take us on that path that has led up to uh, when you became the athletic director at Lake Sumter. What was that like? Well, you know, when you uh, are a graduate assistant, you're not really making any money. So I was married. And so I took on a lot of other responsibilities. I worked in a ticket office. My wife was teaching school. Um, she had an education degree. I worked at home football games, you know, all those things that you kind of, so it was like, I was a jack of all, and really, I wasn't really becoming a master of one other than baseball. Um, but, you know, when you're trying to coach, and then every every evening, I would go to my classes. So it was it was quite an experience. And we have one car, you know, all that business. Um, so from there, I actually um, took a risk. One of my former assistant coaches when I was playing was an athletic director at Gordon College in Georgia. It was a community college. And he had just taken on the role of being the athletic director. He was the baseball coach. So he called me up and asked me if I wanted to be the baseball coach. I you know, basically had one year of experience under my belt and um, you know, I said, well, how much do they pay? I, you know, obviously that was a big deal. So anyhow, uh, I took the plunge one year uh, as a graduate assistant. I left that um, summer 
after my first year. And I, you know, I had talked with Chow Port about it and he said, you know, it's, it's a tough, it's tough business. And, you know, you, you probably need some more experience and all that. Well, I didn't take his advice. Um, so consequently, uh, I was calling him probably once a week when I got this job at Gordon. You know, basically I was 24 years old and the, some of the students, you know, 18, 19, I'm, I'm like looking like I'm working a camp and they're, you know, my students. But anyway, it was uh, quite an experience. I got, I got, and I was still uh, in my master's program at the Citadel. So the contract that they gave me was a provisional contract in Georgia. You're required uh, if you work in this community, back then it was a community college system to have a master's degree. So I enrolled at, uh, back then it was called Georgia College. Now it's called Georgia College and State University. And had some really great instructors there. And I had to get it done that year. So besides being my first head coaching job, I'm trying to finish my master's degree and I'm almost going to school full time uh, every afternoon. So that was it. That was my plunge into it. And at the community college level, um, you are in charge of everything, laundry, uh, intramurals, um, every job that I had added about a thousand dollars. I was in charge of the student assistants, cleaning the gym. I mean, you name it. I took it on, uh, even in the summertime when I was recruiting, I, I, uh, helped the, uh, maintenance crew working on the fields because I could work on my field and get paid for it. So that was my start, um, as a head coach and teaching, uh, health and physical education at the, uh, community college level. So that was quite an experience. Uh, obviously I, I was there for three years going on my fourth year i started to think about the climb that, that i needed to take and um you know went went said well what's the next place that you you as a coach uh in baseball florida you know everybody thought well florida texas you know those places so anyhow applied for a job down there um in fort myers edison community college that was what it was named back then and then now it's Florida Southwestern State College. So I moved into that. And, you know, obviously I matured as a, as a teacher. I uh, wasn't quite a professor yet, but as a, you know, health and health and wellness instructor, you know, I taught, you know, your normal courses in college back then, um, health classes and uh, the, the methods courses in tennis and golf and, you know, those kind of things. Uh, but I really worked with a good group there. Um, they were a little bit older um, and they taught me a lot about, you know, this level that, you know, working at the community college level. So that's where it, I, I enjoyed living in Fort Myers and I lived in Cape Coral. My sons, I had two sons that, you know, were born during that time. And it was a great place to live. We were close to the beach. They enjoyed going to the beach every Sunday after church. And I mean, it was great. But, you know, I was I was so, uh, that climb, you know, when you're young, you, you're on that climb and you want to get to another level and felt like, and Miami-Dade was the largest community, still is the largest community college in the United States. 
And they always had a great baseball program. And I said, you know, that that's where I need to be. If I want to really progress, that's where I need to be. And that move that I made actually changed the, my entire career um, because I worked for um, great administration, great um, athletic directors, people that knew the business, and they really um, did a great job of mentoring. And, and I learned so much there uh, during my seven years, and that to me was a turning point in my career where I said, this is what I want to do. I want to be at this level because the impact that you have on 18, 19 and 20 year olds is, is amazing. And, and the relationships that you develop with those student athletes. So that's kind of where um, I got my big job at Miami Dade. I wasn't the head coach. I was an assistant coach which gave me an ex really a great experience. Charlie Green Sr. is one of the uh, most successful junior college coaches down through the years, and I learned a great deal from him on how to manage a team, not just coach a team, but manage a team. He, he taught me so much about it's not just about, you know, the X's and O's and setting up the practice schedule and all that business it's about the relationships that you develop during the recruiting process and then the relationships that you develop with your players while they're playing to understand how you know when they're, they're going to be at their best and when they're not you know you have to kind of read that and how to manage and and um, use your personnel at the you know to be at your best you got to manage that personnel and use the guys that the guys and girls that are uh, good in certain situations, you know, when you use a pinch hitter, you know, you, you always have, even in big leagues. Now there's, you know, these guys that are pinch hitters and they just seem to be able to get up there and get a hit, you know, do something positive uh, to help their team. So I learned a great deal. Uh, I still have relationships with Dr. Jim, Jim Harvey, uh, who is retired. He was the athletic director. Um, and then Bob Zielinski just also retired. He was uh, assistant athletic director. He was the athletic director of College of Central Florida uh, right up the road from us. So we kind of maintained that relationship even when I took the job here at Lake Sumter State College. Yeah, uh, I, again, the, the journey that we take, we have a lot of younger uh, athletic directors and coaches that listen. And I think it's important to hear about those steps that we take, um, you know, we can talk about this younger generation, but uh, I think sometimes, you know, people, they, they want that dream job right out of college and, you know, it, it just doesn't work out that way. You're going to have several step, several experiences that are going to help you land that dream job down the road. So appreciate you sharing all that. Once again, for our listeners, our guest today is Mike Matulia. He's the athletic director at Lake Sumter State College in Leesburg, Florida. We're going to take another break, but we're coming back. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Gipper for their support. Go to Gipper.com and see how athletic directors and coaches are creating world-class marketing content for their school's social media channel. You can do it in seconds on any device, and you don't need any design experience. 
Go to Gipper.com. Tell them you heard about it on the podcast and you'll get 10% off. That's Gipper.com. Create custom content for your school's social media channel. We also want to say thanks to Huddle. Go to Huddle.com and change the way you see the game. As a football coach, I used Huddle for years and it was just fantastic. But when I became an athletic director, I made sure our school was a Huddle school. And Huddle gave our coaches, our teams, our student athletes, the tools that they needed to compete at their highest level. Go to Huddle.com and see why we believe in sports and teams believe in Huddle. Join the 6 million users. Turn your school into a Huddle school. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. We're visiting today with Mike Matulia from Lake Sumter State College right here in Florida. Mike, you uh, told us about your early career, and you talked about making that transitional move from being a head coach to becoming an assistant coach at uh, Miami-Dade, which, as you said, was kind of a powerhouse back in the day. Uh, Share a little bit about that experience and how that helped you get the position at Lake Sumter where you – Pretty much spent the rest of your career. Well, back then, Miami-Dade had three distinct athletic programs. We had the North Campus, South Campus, and the New World Center, which was downtown. So I knew all the athletic directors, and I worked with all of them. And we all, you know, we we collaborated on a lot of projects. So Dr. James Harvey, he was the AD at the South Campus, and then I met another athletic director, Dr. Al Slazier, who also is a legend. And I learned a lot of things about fundraising and fan raising from him. I attended several of his events. He would always invite me. For some reason, he kind of took me under his wing. Well, really, to make a long story short, when a new president came in, they consolidated all of the Miami-Dade athletic programs into one program, which created an overabundance of coaches. What are we going to do with all these coaches? We can't, we can't fire them all because we had tenure as teachers. At that time, I was an assistant or associate professor. I had worked my way up, so I had tenure as a professor. So they couldn't fire me. Uh, from a a teaching job because Miami-Dade had plenty of students. So we all had jobs, that's for sure. So anyway, make a long story short, I said, well, I really want to coach. I love coaching and I think I just need to maybe pursue it. And for some reason, somebody mentioned, you know, this school up in near Orlando is wanting to start an athletic program. They used to have athletics back in the 80s but they, they dropped it. And so, you know, they were trying to do something. I said, well, I have really nothing to lose. Um, you know, and I talked to these athletic directors, uh, specifically Bob Zielinski. I had kids, he, you know, he, he encouraged me to stay. There was nothing wrong with me being an assistant coach. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed working with them, but I was going to be working with another head coach. Not only that, I was going to have to be commuting. So anyway, make a long story short, I applied for the job at Lake Sumter. And I felt like, you know, having all these mentors, and they put me in in leadership roles for national tournaments. I did logistics. 
uh, whenever we had events on campus, they kind of said, hey, we want you to be in charge of this. So I learned a lot about, you know, the all the processes that go into athletics. As you know, Hurricane Andrew hit uh, down there and we lost a lot of facilities. So all the coaches had to chip in and me being full time and, and, you know, on the baseball side, I had a lot of roles in that process of recovery. So I felt like my experience, I, I learned enough, you know, going backwards, being an assistant, working under somebody, I felt like I, I, I was ready to move on. So anyway, they're going to start this athletic program. I said, well, how hard could that be? You know, starting a new athletic program, they got some money. Anyhow, um, I came for an interview and Dr. Al Slazier, because of that consolidation of the three programs, him and Dr. Harvey both retired from Miami Dade and they both moved to Central Florida. So I said, well, you know, I have these two guys still as mentors I can lean on. Them. But anyhow, Mick, Al Slazier actually applied for this job. Dr. Al Slazier applied for this job. So when I was in the interview process, the president said to me, do you know Al Slazier? And I said, absolutely. I said, he's one of my mentors. And he said, you're the guy for this job. He goes, we offered him the job, but he told he told us no, because Mike Matuli is the guy that needs to be in this position. So 37 years old, I'm the athletic director at Lake Sumter State College. My only experience with being an athletic director was one year, at, like my fourth year coaching at Gordon, the, the AD quit, you know, but uh, so this was it. Um and they offered me the job, and they the president said, you have one year to get it going, to figure out, to have a plan, to show the board of trustees this is what's going to happen. If the plan's no good, you got to look for another job. You know, so I'm telling my wife all this, and she's kind of scratching her head. So I says, don't sell the house down in Miami. You know, keep – so I took one of my sons, he was in eighth grade, and I said, well, that's going to work out. I was confident that it was going to work out. So anyway, we came up, my son and I came up here to, uh, he, he enrolled at Eustis Middle School, and then the other son stayed down there with mom. They were at the same school, so we didn't sell the house. So I had to come up with a whole plan on uh facilities the only facility they, they had was a gym that was pretty old uh, if you can think about 1970s um that movie hoosiers well i think they filmed it here if i'm not mistaken because our, our gym looked exactly like that one um when i got here i says oh boy so i i you know, visited and I said, well, that's a lot of work I got to do, you know, raising money and things like that. I had some experience. Um, I never realized um, how much work it was. I mean, I, I was, um, you know, a father trying to raise a son here and mom's down there. And I said, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm working at this pretty much 24 seven. Um, but I made, you know, slow progress. I didn't even have an office when I first arrived. I was, I was up in the, 
helping with academic advising for students because I had some experience in that. And then the student activities coordinator quit so that the the uh, dean said, well, you're going to be the student activities coordinator also, so we'll give you a little stipend. So I'm like, I'm trying to start an athletic program, and they're making me a student activities coordinator. <laughs> now, uh, let, let me ask you a question there. From the interview and the offer and the acceptance, um, how, how long, what was that timeline from accepting the job to first day on the job? Because it, it had to be maybe a couple months. It, well, it was. I was up here in May uh, because we. I was actually up in Kissimmee for the baseball tournament, the state baseball tournament. So I had come over here for an interview. So it was the first or second week of May for my interview. And then I was still under contract with Miami-Dade. Obviously, we in Florida, we have a, July 1 is the fiscal start of the fiscal year, so June 30th. So I had asked both colleges that I finish the fiscal year at Miami-Dade and start the new fiscal year at Lake Sumter. Well, the only problem with that was I was running baseball camps the month of July in Miami. And it, you know, four weeks of baseball camp. So I asked if we could start August 1st, which they they did. So I basically started on August 1st um, after the transition and school was starting about three weeks later. So that's how quick it happened. And, um, you know, you just have to hop in the U-Haul and and move on. But I didn't have a U, we didn't have to worry about a U-Haul because I was going to live, I was living with somebody up here in Howie, uh, family members that lived in Howie in the Hills. So we didn't have to move. We, we still had our house in Miami and we're still paying that, paying, you know, to stay there. So that's what I did. I mean, I, I talk, talk about a dive. I mean, I took a dive into a pool that was very deep and I, I, somehow it worked out. Um, it worked out. The process was very lengthy. I met a lot of people. Um, and then of course you got to remember Lake Sumter dropped athletics in the eighties, 1988, they dropped They dropped the entire athletic program. So here I am in 1997 trying to start a program. So my first process was to meet the faculty and staff and see who was on my side because you had some, let's put it this way. When I walked on campus, not many people stopped to talk to me when I first was here. I mean, I was like the most wanted person around. Um, you know, they, they didn't want to talk to me about athletics. It's, you know, I, I had a lot of naysayers, let's put it that way. And so slowly but surely, I got some people to help. And once I found the right people, some of them are still here today, um, to help get this going uh, and figure out the way to do it, you know, the process seemed to work. And I said I was, you know, I told the president, I said, look, I don't have a whole year to get this done. I've got to try to get a plan in place before Christmas because I got to sell my house in Miami and I still, you know, have half of my family down there. I said, so my uh, one year plan 
I'm going to try to do it in six months. And he said, that's fine. You know? So I actually we're did gonna, it. Go ahead. I was going to say, we're going to take a quick break here. Uh, Cause I want to hear about that plan about, <laughs> you know, taking a program again, they had had athletics, but you're going to be taking it basically from zero and coming up with a full-blown college athletic plan. So once again, for our listeners, uh, we're visiting with Mike Matulia. He's a longtime athletic director at Lake Sumter State College. So spoiler alert, the plan worked. Uh, but uh, we're going to take another quick break. We'll be back with some more. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Snap Mobile for their support. Go to snapraise.com. Check out their entire suite of platforms designed to help you do your job better. There's Snap Connect, Snap Manage, Snap Store, and of course there is Snap Raise, their fundraising platform. We used it at our school. Our coaches loved it. Our parents loved it. What's more important, it works. Uh, Snap Raise has helped schools just like yours raise over $700 million. They even have a program where you can get your funding before you actually start your fundraiser. I don't think anybody else offers that. Go to snapraise.com and check them out today. That's snapraise.com. We also want to say thanks to Sideline Interactive, indoor score tables and video boards. Go to sidelineinteractive.com, schedule a live web demo, and see their tables and their scoreboards in action. They not only generate income for your department, but they also create the ultimate game day experience for your student-athletes. Probably one of the best purchases I ever made as an athletic director was our Sideline Interactive Indoor Score Table. Of course, we use it for home games, but we use it for pep rallies, for signing ceremonies. It's tremendously versatile, and their customer service is just outstanding. Go to sidelineinteractive.com. Check them out today. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Mike, um, when we left off, you had just, uh, you know, accepted the job. Uh, you'd moved yourself and you mentioned you brought your younger son with you and you're tasked with reviving uh, a dormant athletic program uh, that had, you know, they had canceled maybe nine years earlier. You know, what were some of the first things that you did? Well, <laughs> so you're they, they wanted to have the plan in place that would show how, you know, we're going to finance it. So the state, the state actually gave us some seed money. So once that money was in the budget that goes into our fund one budget from the state. So we had money to start a program, but it was very limited. And the president gave me three, uh, basically three things I needed to put in this plan. Number one, I had to be one of the coaches. Number two, we were only going to have three sports. And number three was those three sports had to have uh, a, a history of academic success. So I already had, you know, this plan of obviously, <clears throat> so historically in the state of Florida at the state college or community college level, obviously I'm a baseball coach. So baseball was going to be one of those sports. <clears throat> The other thing was I was going to be the only head coach, the only paid head coach. Everybody else is going to be part-time. So now I'm thinking, okay, what sports can we have that, you know, part-time coaches might work? 
So I figured baseball, softball, and, and volleyball. Baseball and softball would help us with the equity portion because they're like sports. And because of the, the equity mix at this college, obviously we needed to have another female sport. So I already knew about equity and how that worked. So I drove up to Tallahassee to meet with the equity officers to talk about facility development, um, being in compliance, staying in compliance, what's important. And so they gave me the whole, they were excited that I actually drove up there, set, you know, made an appointment to meet with them. And they basically laid the foundation of what equity is, how am I, how am I going to stay in compliance? And so that's why we chose those three sports, baseball, softball, and volleyball. We had a gym. So that was something that we already had in place. The baseball and softball, we had no fields. So I went out to the local public, the recreation departments, and there's a, a field of historic um, minor league complex field right down the road in Leesburg. So that's where baseball started. And then there was a little softball complex at one of the elementary schools. So I figured the first year, since we don't have fields, that's where those two sports can play. And then volleyball, we would renovate the gym after the first season once we got some funding for that. So that's how it all started. No facilities other than the gymnasium. Uh, I had to put up a batting cage in the on the side of the gym for, you know, baseball and softball to use and things. And that's how we got started. But the plan, once I gave it to the president, I had to go to a board meeting and do my first presentation with all this audio visual. So this was back when, uh, I mean, I can't even think of what the platform was back then. Uh, but it was on, you know, on the screen. I, I had the little projection screen. You put it up. I can't remember what it was called back then. But anyway, I did a presentation and, you know, they asked questions and that's how it all began. And they says, we got the plan. So they accepted it within six months. Well, uh, I, I'm curious, um, you know, that that move to um, or that uh, trip up to Tallahassee, that what, what a great, great idea um, from a coaching standpoint. Um you know, how and who did you get to coach those inaugural teams um, in that part-time scenario? That was tough. That was tough because you had a, they, they never, this was uncharted waters, you know, where we got to, should they have a master's degree? Should they have coaching, you know, all these things. So I had to come up with job descriptions and, you know, we said, okay, well, they need to have, graduated from college at least that was the first thing so we we hired college graduates and I think one of the coaches uh, had some coaching experience at the high school well at, both of them had high school coaching experience so that's how we started and I was lucky that I had a friend in Miami that I did a lot of ba he worked my baseball camps and so I begged him to come up here to be my assistant coach. I says, because, you know, I'm going to be wearing a lot of hats and I'm going to need somebody that I can really count on and trust. So I got him a public school teaching job right down the road from our college. 
And so he was my assistant. I think he made $2,000 or something like that was his stipend. I can't remember what it was. I think we paid our head coaches $11,000 back then uh, for, you know, being a head coach. And then the assistant coaches were like four, maybe $4,000. I can't remember back then, but that's how it started out. But the reason for the equity portion to me was nobody really knew about that here. So when I went to the HR director, who uh, the assistant director who was in charge of equity, I met with her and I says, look, the only way to do this right is to make sure we're in compliance to start with. How do we you know, start a program? So she's the one who hooked me up with that contact in Tallahassee. And I actually drove her up there because she knew the ladies that were you know, up at, up at the Florida State University. They were in the football stadium at the time. That's where their office was, state office. So that's how it all got going. Well, uh, I, again, I've been involved in a couple of startup uh, high school programs. Uh, and so a little bit of connection, but I, I just can't imagine um, all the different uh, pieces of putting that together. For our listeners, uh, we're visiting today with Mike Matulia. He's the athletic director at Lake Sumter State College right here in Leesburg, Florida. We're going to hear more about uh, that process of starting up and creating not just a program, but a highly successful college athletic program. So please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to say thanks to Hometown Ticketing, the leading digital ticketing provider to schools and colleges. If you go to hometownticketing.com, they're going to show you how to set up and sell your tickets online, not just for athletic events, but things like school plays and concerts, uh, school dances, even graduation. And the best part, Hometown is going to provide you with a dedicated client success manager to give you hands-on support every step of the way. Go to hometownticketing.com and get started. Simple and easy online ticketing. We also want to say thanks to District 1 Team Gear. Go to District 1, that's W-O-N, and you're going to feel like you've won because District 1 offers you fully custom uniforms with on-time delivery in 20 business days or less. And you can also order one-at-a-time replacements, so you'll never have to replace a full set of uniforms when you only need to order one or two. Stop dealing with late deliveries and go to district1.com. That's W-O-N on the back end. Click the Team Gear button for your free quote. That's district1.com. Hey, welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Mike, you were sharing, uh, you know, some of the interesting challenges that come with uh, starting a program from scratch. Uh, uh, continue with that, and let's talk about the tremendous successes that you've experienced uh, and the program. Uh, in your time at Lake Sumter? Well, you know, the process, I, you know, I was, I was in uncharted waters. I didn't know really, but I, I figured I better get some help. I knew absolutely nothing about major fundraising projects, capital projects. So, you know, I met some people here in the community um, that had, you know, I met playing golf tournaments. I, I did er, whatever event was going on in the community. I tried to participate in it because I said, 
in order for us to do renovation projects here in the gym, we're going to need some help, you know, not only from the state, but outside. So I had to put together, I went to the county um, um, rec department, you know, back then it was, uh, I think, parks and recreation, something like that, Lake County, met with those people, learned about the grant process of getting money, you know, back then matching, matching funds was the going thing. If you got, if I, if I raised a thousand dollars, the state matched it. So back then it was all matching money. And so the parks and recreation, these grants, they knew that there was matching dollars. So if they gave me $50,000, they knew it's, it's a $100,000 project. So that's kind of how we got our facilities going was with these matching grants. In addition to that, I joined the Rotary Club when I first moved here. And so I had been in the Rotary Club and met some of these, you know, bankers and people that are kind of uh, the shakers and movers of, of Lake County. And through that process, I met, you know, in the Rotary Club business, you have a speaker that comes, you know, they always invite somebody. Well, at, at this meeting I was at, a company was starting uh, a concrete company. Back then it was Florida, I think it was Florida Crush Stone. It was the name of the big corporation here in, in, in our area. And they were going to start a sub little sub company and they were going to do this uh, new product called aerated concrete. Uh, so if you had a concrete block, the blocks that they had were like, it felt like five pounders and the you know concrete block was 20 pounds. And they were doing this in schools. They were building schools with this product because it was cheaper. So they were looking for projects and I says, well, how about this project building our you know, dugouts and the baseball facility and all that. I had gotten grant money from the county to build the fields themselves, the backstops, the fields, the turf, all that. So now we got to build concession stand and all that business. So I stole, uh, borrowed, I didn't steal. I went to Indian River Community College. They had just built a um, dugouts with bathrooms and, and, and uh, the concession stand two-story building for press box the whole nine yards. Anyway, make a long story short, I used that plan, went to this aerated concrete. The president and vice president and I went to this place. And so I'm introducing the president and the vice president to these CEOs at this major corporation. Well, the president and vice president take over I take a seat and I'm just have my arms crossed and they're, they're going to town on the deal. And we walk out of there and we're going to walk out with them, this company, Florida Crush Stone, um, building our dugouts, bathrooms, concession stand and press box for nothing. The only thing that we had to do was provide steel and concrete for the bases. So that's how we got our fields uh, and the complex. Um, basically, we found, I found another contractor to help out with the roofs of the dugouts, aluminum roofing. They just basically built the foundation of all of these buildings. 
And then we had to find somebody to put the roof on. And so we got had some of that matching money and we were able to find someone that was going to donate some of the product. That's how it all, that's how it all began for the facility, uh, baseball and softball facilities. Well, uh, again, for people unfamiliar with, um, the program, you started with volleyball and softball and baseball in the spring. I, I, I guess I'm curious, you know, the whole recruiting process, how did you reach out to, and field student athletes for those initial teams and then uh, uh, we got a little time. Let's talk about all the successes that you've had uh, in those many years. But uh, how'd you get athletes for those? So 97, 98, we actually, I, I hired uh, these part-time coaches in 98. So that spring we started recruiting. Baseball and softball obviously were playing. Volleyball was over. So it was kind of tough for that coach to find players. But so by the, by the summer of 98, we had, you know, finished the recruiting process we filled our teams with players that had been cut from other teams you know whatever we whatever we found the best players possible that we could find so we started our first season 1998 to 99 was the first year that we had teams so baseball and softball are playing and practicing off campus volleyball is playing here in our gym um, so that's how it all started. And then from there, you know, we had the building process of the fields. We renovated the gymnasium and we added on to that, uh, constructed locker rooms, interior locker rooms, you know, inside of the, the general student population locker rooms. So everything we, from there, 99, uh, 98, 99, we started in 2000 is when the fields were finished. And the uh, gymnasium, their renovations were finished. So by 2000, we had a good infrastructure. Um, we put some out, you know, outside. Uh, got somebody to donate telephone poles. We built batting cages out there, and and then from there, we just there was always some project each year that I had in mind to get the baseball and softball fields up to you know, little better standards. We put warning tracks in one year. I said, I mentioned about the batting cages. Then I needed a outdoor, uh, you know, one of those back then it wasn't pods, but it was like pods. You know, you got a tractor trailer dropped off and that's where our equipment storage room, you know, we had long, we had to get a mower for the fields. I went to uh, a golf course and got an old turf mower for the infield and the outfields. And that's, and basically I was mowing the grass. Also, that was, you know, we didn't have a really, a, we had somebody, you know, the maintenance staff on campus, but I didn't want them touching the the Bermuda turf that we we got, you know, and so I said, I got to get a special mower for the outfield. And so I'm, you know, mowing grass on weekends at night, you know, you name it. But that's how it all started. And and then as, as we progressed, we had some projects uh, that have helped us uh, modernize everything with the bleachers and the covers all over the bleachers, protected netting, covered batting cages. Uh, we built in that early time, we built tennis courts, a half mile walking path with those grants that I, you know, had acquired. I didn't just want to do it for athletics. I felt like we needed to do something for the college and it has been a mainstay since. The tennis courts now we've converted some of them into pickleball. 
the half mile walking path has been repaved. So it's been a it's a good recreational type complex now, not just for the teams. Um, and that's basically the last project. Uh, you know, right now I'm working on trying to do some. Uh, we're going to renovate the locker rooms, get them modernized. Um, you know, we're still a little behind, but that's one of the projects this summer. We're going to actually be starting that pretty soon here. And then I had somebody in to uh, redo the around home plate. I want to put those uh, field turf from dugout to dugout behind home plate, both softball and baseball, to help with some of the maintenance and, um, you know, the water and behind home plates always chewed up. We even put mats down. So those are two projects that we're going to be tackling this summer before I leave. Yeah, I've actually driven through your campus before. Just gorgeous, uh, you know, great facility. It's got to be very gratifying to to know what it was like uh, when you first started out. For our listeners, uh, our guest, again, is Mike Matulia. He's the longtime athletic director at Lake Sumter State College in Leesburg, Florida. We've got a couple more segments, so uh, we're getting ready to wrap things up. But please stay with us. This is the Educational AD Podcast. We want to thank Vital Signs Wall of Fame for their support of the podcast. If you're looking for a really cool way to display your school record boards for all the sports and all the events or your school's Hall of Fame, go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Their interactive touchscreen video consoles will help you celebrate your school's diverse history and your proudest moments. Go to vitalsignswalloffame.com. Check out their great products, and when you're ready to buy, use the link vitalsignswalloffame.com slash Jake, and you'll get a nice discount. That's vitalsignswalloffame.com. Help bring your school's legacy to life. Welcome back, everyone, to the Educational AD Podcast. Mike, you took us through those uh, beginning stages, you know, fundraising, breaking ground, hiring coaches, recruiting kids. Um, and now the program is, is up and not just surviving, it's thriving. Um, share a little bit about, you know, adding programs, uh, you know, adding teams and, and maybe where you uh, where you think uh, the program is heading in the future. Sure. Uh, one thing that I know that the, the listeners probably are wondering about is athletic trainers. So, you know, an athletic trainer was vital to our program. So for years we had part-time athletic trainer. When, once we got moving and we started getting closer and closer, you know, we still have part-time coaches. We have um, a new president. I said, we got to have full-time, a full-time trainer. That was most, that to me was the most important thing. You got to have a full-time athletic trainer. So we hired a full-time athletic trainer. And from there, we started having the opportunity to have full-time coaches. And that's when I think our program really took off around 2006, 2007. Uh, it really took off because of that, having a full-time uh, coaches and an athletic trainer. Um, we got a new president in 2016. And the previous presidents were just, they wanted to keep business as usual. You know, they helped us with the 
transition from part-time to full-time staff. So that was a plus. So, you know, that was a definite budget uh, item that they took care of. That's why they didn't really want to start any new programs. The new president that I had in 2016 uh, was a former collegiate athlete, uh, ran cross country. So obviously he wanted to have start a men's cross country program. I says, we can't do that. We have to start, you know, men's and women's. So he said, fine. So we started men's and women's cross country. And with that in mind, I said, you know, we're going to equity number wise, we're always around that 60, 40 threshold. And we got to stay within that. I said, we probably, um, and you know, back, back in 2016, 17, it was all about uh, enrollment, completion, graduation, all those things. I says, we, we need, we can, we can help with that if we had more athletic teams. So that's what, that's where it all began. So then we said, I told them with equity, we need to start another female sport. So we, back 2016, 17, beach volleyball was becoming popular at the NCAA level. So I said, hey, we'll be the first. We can make history by being the first. So I had uh, put up, a, you know, designed a letter sent it to the national office and they said, yeah, not really, you know, we're not really interested. I did it 2016, 2017, 2018. I went to our region representatives of all the state colleges. I said, this is a great sport to have equity. It's going to help with equity and it's cheap because all you need is sand and a net. <laughs> so that's how beach volleyball started. And we have really, um, have some positive things that have happened, not just at our college, but our region and then at the national level. Uh, beach volleyball now is a sanctioned sport. And we had the first national championship right here in your town, Tavares, this year. So it's a big deal. Yeah, you've seen uh, uh, the beach volleyball really grow at the high school level as well. It, it's now a, a sanctioned sport for FHSAA. And other states are, are picking it up. Um, Mike, looking back at your time uh, at Lake Sumter, uh, what are some of the things that you're most proud of uh, that you can sit back and say, boy, we really did a good job with this? Well, I think that I'm most proud of the, our graduation um, rates and our academic success with our student athletes. That was kind of the foundation that, um, I presented back in the 97, 98 year is we want to have successful students first. And then from that, we have to work on recruiting, not only the successful student, but the successful athlete in that process. So that's kind of where our program was built, um, is around academic success and completion. Now we're, you know, we're turning the corner and we're having athletic success. So that formula that we started with, it's taken a while, but the process now is starting to turn into athletic success. The coaches now understand there are kids that fit our program. That's part of recruiting. Um, you know, if I was recruiting at Harvard, obviously you want to go after 
top students um, around the country. Now here it's a little different. We have, you know, our recruiting, we try to recruit within Florida, but there's always kids from outside that are wanting to move down here. Their families are wanting to move down here. And if they fit into that student athlete, you know, that's what we're looking at. Student athlete first. Um, you have to be successful in the classroom and you have to be successful on the field. I have a third requirement in our recruiting process is they have to be understand what service means service to their college and to the community. Um, I look at our program as a triangle at, at the, you know, the, the student athlete is down here. And then at the at the very tip, we have service. I think, and, and we model it, the coaches model it. We have one of our coaches is in charge of all community service activities. Uh, he coordinates with the, the community. Uh, we set up our programs. We work with uh, the student activities groups on campus, the foundation, with our all our kids participate in, in some form of student uh, service, uh, whether it's a group, you know, one team going to do a group project or the entire program working at our annual golf tournament, uh, sitting at the holes and thanking all of our sponsors and things like that. So I think those are the three components that we build our program on. And I think that that carries over uh, to our success. Well, um, uh, this has just been so cool hearing about the history of the program, getting to spend some time with you too, because, you know, we've got some similarities in our backgrounds, but we're not done yet. Uh, we always wrap up with what we call the athletic director's toolbox now you certainly know your way around the world of athletics but we're going to take our final break here from athletic surveys and when we come back i'm going to challenge you to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job but i'm only going to let you put three things in their toolbox so let's take yeah. that final break and when we come back we're going to find out what mike matulia of lake sumter state college is going to put in his athletic director toolbox we'll be right back we want to thank athletic surveys for sponsoring the ad toolbox segment of the podcast athletic surveys are a quick easy and affordable way for you to collect comprehensive data that allows you to evaluate and improve your entire program athletic directors typically only hear from the complainers the two percent that want to gripe and we need to hear from them, but you also need to hear from the 98% that love and support your program. And that's where Athletic Surveys comes in. They're going to create a custom survey for your school that allows you to take the pulse of your parents and your student athletes. And that's tremendously valuable information to have when you're talking to a frustrated parent or your principal or even your school board. Go to athleticsurveys.com. Check out all the things that they can do for you and your program. That's athleticsurveys.com. Well, it's that time of the podcast. We've been visiting with Mike Matulia. He's the longtime athletic director at Lake Sumter State College in Leesburg, Florida. Um, tremendous background in athletics. But right now, I'm going to challenge him to send out a brand new athletic director on their very first job 
but I'm only going to let him put three things in their toolbox. So Mike, what three items are going to go into your new athletic director toolbox? Well, I think the first one is don't assume anything. Um, make sure you have a plan B and ask for help. So that, that all goes into that category. Um, the other thing is be able to adapt, as you well know, if you're in this business long enough, every coach has an emergency. And what they think is an emergency is not an emergency to me. Um, they always, so be ready to drop what you're doing. Um, and then the third thing I think is important is have a seek out a trust partner, I call it. Uh, it may be somebody that's not, is, is in the business. It may be somebody outside the business. It's a person, and I call it a trust partner, someone that I can trust that if something uh, that I need advice about something, um, you know, I'm getting ready for a proposal and I say, Hey, what do you think about this? Uh, you might want to change it. You know, it's kind of like you and I talking, um, Jake, uh, I think, you know, I, if I knew you earlier, I, with all these tools that you have in the toolbox, I would look to you as a guy that I would ask uh, to be my trust partner to ask questions and, just throw things out and see what you think. So I think those are three important things for me. Um, if I were telling new ADs, it's not all about, like I said, the X's and O's and all this construction and things, but you got to, you got to have relationships and having a, a good trust partner is, is important. Oh, you're, you're too kind. And I love that term trust partner. Uh, you know, we talk about, you know, building your network and, you know, you mentioned, you know, reaching out and asking questions, but that, that's a great tag, a trust partner. Mike, we should have done this earlier, but uh, if one of our listeners wants to reach out, pick your brain a little bit, maybe find out more about uh, how you built that program at Lake Sumter. What's the best way that they can get a hold of you? Um, they can, the easiest way is to just go to my cell phone number. Uh, I hate to go that nationwide, but now everybody knows your numbers. It's my, my, so my cell number is 352-516-2235. And they can text me. Um, I don't do Facebook a whole lot other than with the grandkids. And then my email address is M-A-T-U-L-I-A-M at iCloud.com. And again, listeners, I think you got a tremendous resource here. Uh, Mike Matulia, Lake Sumter State College. Thanks so much for sharing with our listeners today and uh, all the best moving forward. Thank you, Jake. I appreciate it. And I enjoy your books. Okay. <laughs> again, thanks for that. For listeners. Uh, we appreciate you tuning in. Remember, we upload our Zoom recordings to the Educational Lady Podcast YouTube channel. We do this just about every day with new content, and we do appreciate you listening. Come back next time for another interview on the Educational AD Podcast.